Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. So just how out of touch is Washington, D.C. when it comes to inflation? Americans of all political persuasions consistently rank inflation as their number one issue by double digits. But Democrats have consistently downplayed it or focused on other issues like oil companies. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell told reporters this week that the most important issue issue everyone agrees on is Ukraine. Uh, again, the American people are in a very different spot. So how do we get an alignment in terms of what leaders in Washington are doing and what the American people actually care about and want? Uh, so we're going to dip into a an interesting space to get some insight on this. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu uh, was recently on a uh, podcast called The Three Martini Lunch. Now, to be very clear, we do not condone The Three Martini Lunch. We are not pro Three Martini Lunch. It's simply the name of the podcast. And uh, Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire was on that podcast this week. And he outlined how the federal government is actually making construction of roads and bridges. We've heard a lot about uh, infrastructure and how the federal government is actually making that, wait for it, more expensive. Take a listen. This uh, infrastructure money, not a penny has been spent yet. Not a penny has been spent. It's all been authorized, but there's no dollars actually out the door. Wait till that starts happening. And then we're going to have an issues with steel, with oil even further, because you, you need oil to make asphalt, right? Mm-hmm. With raw materials, cement and concrete. The cost of cement has gone up three or four times. You know, I watch this stuff every day because as a small state, we're always trying to pull together our buying power so that we can compete with the big guys, so to say. So by watching what's happening in these kind of commodity material markets, uh, so not just supply chain issues, but that's that one is, is obvious as well. OK, so just in case you missed that. So this is the New Hampshire governor who, of course, is always trying to figure out how to maximize. They've got roads and bridges that need fixing. Uh, they have those kinds of things. So. The money, we, we, t- we touted the bipartisan infrastructure bill getting passed. So important for all of us to know that all of that money that was appropriated and approved, none of it, none of it has been spent yet. And when suddenly those projects start to roll and all of that is dumped on, guess what that's going to do to the prices of steel, of oil, of cement, uh, all of those are going to go up. So just uh, allocating the money uh, doesn't solve the problem, for one, and this is why it often drives inflation. Government spending can drive that inflation. And so I think uh, the governor, uh, who, again, is always trying to leverage and 
stretch out those dollars like every governor has to because almost every governor has to live under a balanced budget, uh, which would be nice if the federal government did that. But often what's happening is we're, we're perpetuating the problem and we're making it worse with a lot of that influx of federal cash. And I will just remind you, that is your cash. They didn't earn it. They didn't buy it. Uh, they didn't produce anything. They just allocated it. Now, on that same podcast, Governor Sununu talked about how the rising price of gas is affecting everything from infrastructure to your grocery bill. They're all tied to gas. We're still going to feel these inflationary pressures, especially around uh, gas and diesel for a long time. Truckers, just getting the product from Bentonville, Arkansas, right, at Walmart to your Walmart, let's say in New Hampshire, whatever it might be. I mean, that caused that trucker another 1500 bucks uh, just in, in the, the price increase that happened last week, right? Two weeks ago, now th- two weeks later, he's spending 1500 more just to transport that product. I mean, that's going to bring supply chain to a halt. And the Biden administration's unwillingness to, to, to own any of this. And if anything, his statement yesterday that, you know, my policies have improved the inflation. I was, I, I was baffled by it. So this is a real issue. Inflation is the worst tax on the poor you could possibly uh, give in the middle class. And they're feeling it and they're frustrated. Governor Sununu hammered home why it's so important for government to be fiscally responsible. Uh, and uh, I always said that the most frustrated members of Congress are former governors and former business executives uh, because they know you have to balance the budget. You have to be fiscally responsible if you're going to be successful. Listen to what Governor Sununu had to say. We talk about being fiscally conservative as a party, but are we? I'm very proud to be a very strong fiscal conservative. I'm, I was ranked the most fiscally con, uh, responsible governor in the country. But really, I take that very responsibly, right? We need to see that out of Washington. We need to see that out of Washington. I want to see a balance. But, well, governor, it's just not that simple. You know, you, uh, I, I get it's not simple. It's hard in New Hampshire, too. But we do it every other year. We balance that budget. We manage our debt. We make sure that other people's money, which I have been charged with the responsibility of managing, that is the utmost responsibility I carry. Governor Sununu pointed out something uh, that I have long believed, and it, it's something that we all need to have our spidey sense uh, attuned to. Uh, because when you hear someone in Washington say, well, it's not that easy, uh, or this is really complicated, it's not the same, uh, the job is not supposed to be easy. The solution is actually quite simple. It's just very hard to do because you have to have discipline to actually do it, which is why Republicans and Democrats alike have spent money in incredibly irresponsible ways without oversight, without any checks and balances to make sure there's no waste, fraud or abuse, to make sure there's transparency and accountability. Uh, In fact, the last thing the governor shared on this podcast uh, was why ultimately it's up to you and me to make sure that we do have that transparency so that we can hold politicians accountable. 30 trillion is a real number. It's not some fantasy land thing. It is a real number. We owe that money back. And so we have to have some long-term strategy, short-term as well, but at least a long-term game plan to say, you've, you've invested in us, you believed in us, you voted for us, and one of the foremost responsibilities of managing your money, we're just going to keep ignoring it. Social Security? like That thing is going to go bankrupt. Medicare? It's going to go bankrupt unless... We put in real reforms. Republicans have the responsibility of not just managing short-term inflation, which we can do, but we do have the responsibility of managing the long-term economic stability of this country.
I'm not seeing it right now. I think a lot of folks aren't. So I just want to say, don't take that for granted. Demand that accountability out of the Republicans that you elect in November. Republicans, Democrats alike, everyone's got to be held accountable. Uh, and so, again, we just have to be careful. This is uh, almost Think Again Part 2 for today because we do have to think again. I think everyone applauded when the bipartisan infrastructure bill was passed. But here we are uh, in the middle of May, and not a penny of that has been spent. It's been authorized, but nothing's been spent. And now, if the administration goes full tilt on that money, spending that money, it is going to add to the inflationary pressures. The cost of steel, the cost of oil, the cost of materials, the cost of asphalt, all of that is going to go higher. And that's going to impact you. And it's going to impact your grocery bill. Uh, because the, the cost to transport that food or transport those items... Uh, is going up in a significant way. And so we have to remember, and sometimes we we think, oh, we're passing, you know, this bill, so we're going to have all of this money uh, moving through. Uh, That's that's not the solution. That's not always the solution. Sometimes you have to to dip into that. That's fine. We get that. Uh, But it's not just a matter of the money landing there. Uh, The spending does not solve the problem. We have to solve the problem to solve the problem. And currently... We don't have enough individuals in power on the left and on the right who are willing to focus on solving the problem rather than just trying to score one more political point. All right, we're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. We're going to have an interesting conversation when we come back. Despite the great jobs report last month, America's need more immigrants in critical industries. We're going to talk to Michael Ferran from the Mercatus Institute about how the how bad the worker shortage is and what we can do about it coming up next. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.